wait, 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 wait. Don't skip ahead just yet. I know you were about to. Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, then you'll love mine too. If you like podcasts that break down all of your favorite water cooler reality TV shows like The Real Housewives or big budget movies like Wakanda Forever, then this is the podcast for you. Subscribe to my podcast, Reality and Comics 2, and listen to episodes like my interview with Robin Dixon of The Real Housewives of Potomac or my interviews with your favorite bombshells from Love Island, USA. That's Reality and Comics 2. And I'm Kendrick. See you there. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And we are here with the cutest one. I have bubble guts. I'm so excited. She's so cute. <laughs> Christina Ariel, host of the High Republic show on StarWars.com, actor on Dimension 20 and Critical Role, and a recent contestant of Um Actually, and Candace Dillard Bassett retweeted clips from All of those things are true. <laughs> Imagine we just started the show playing Two Truths and a Lie, and I just made one up. I was a dentist (laughs) with a hairdresser. And today, after all of those things, you're here to talk about The Parent Trap. The 1998 one, not the one with Haley Mills. However, there will be a portion for you to talk about that as well. Because I saw on Instagram you were doing research for this movie. Thank you. We do love someone that comes prepared. Because we certainly the fuck don't. <laughs> but then also your research continued and you did go down a Haley Mills. Train, are we talking so. Miss Bliss or are we talking about the correlation to passions? Because there's many roads we could go down. <laughs> all of the above. We can go down all those All branches. roads lead to passions, honestly. <laughs> Apparently, Tabitha is a recurring guest star on Grey's Anatomy this season, but I'm only on season five in my rewatch. So. It also uh. ties into Grease 2 because she's married to Maxwell Caulfield, who was yes. Michael in Grease 2, and they've uh-huh. been married for like years. Yeah, yeah. Forget <laughs> Kevin Bacon. This is Six Degrees of Tabitha. We're going to play that. <laughs> so let us talk about The Parent Trap 1998. The movie premiered July 29th, 1998. It was shockingly a Wednesday. Hmm. Why? I don't know. But The Boy Is Mine was the number one song in the US with Viva Forever at the top of the chart in the UK. Saving Private Ryan was the number one movie in America with Small Soldiers, Titanic, The X-Files, and Polly, which that's the movie about the parrot, right? Right. With (laughs) what's-her-face, his sister. Tabitha. No, Lex Luthor. Oh, the Pepsi Girl. Pepsi Girl, okay, yes. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. was in Paula. I'm familiar. Well, those were the top five movies. So hmm. <laughs> good job, Pepsi Girl. Oh, Jesse Eisenberg and Hallie Eisenberg. <laughs> See, I knew you would come with research. <laughs> and I repeat, we do not. <laughs> you know, the Pepsi Girl. <laughs> And then a little Broadway tea, Twelfth Night, starring Helen Hunt, Paul Rudd, Kira Sedgwick, opened this month. And Lindsay Lohan made her big screen debut with this movie. She's so good. So good. But I do want to talk about the original, because Christina, you blew my mind when you said you were going to watch Parent Trap 3 (laughs) as part of your research. Yes, it has Barry Bostwick, and Haley Mills is... The mother of the triplets. I don't know. It was like 1999, I think it was. But I remember watching it on Disney Channel years ago, back when they, like in the era where they played uh-huh. like Suzy Q and stuff mm-hmm. like that, where it was always like not quite a decom, but kind of a decom. <laughs> like Teen Witch. Yeah. Oh, so good. I had no idea this movie existed, nor did I have any idea that Tori from Saved by the Bell had two 
triplet sisters in real life. Yes. They used to like swap out roles. I think she, there was only one who did Tori. And then one of the Creole triplets is married to Rob Liefeld, who created Deadpool. Oh, my God. I was impressed (laughs) that you had the attention span to watch anything after watching this movie, The Parent Trap, because I did not remember this movie being two and a half hours long. Well, you're overshooting two hours, nine minutes, but still. (laughs) I'm rounding up. Anything over two hours might as well be seven in my book. It needs a second DVD. Right (laughs) after the iceberg heads. It was shocking to see that this movie was two hours and nine minutes long. And then even more shocking, in the little research I did do, the original, whatever, 1961 version was exactly two hours and nine minutes as well. Surely there's ways to tell this story (laughs) in less time. I don't think that's like the callback we need. (laughs) But I did watch this movie with my daughters and they loved it. And I loved it too. It was just too damn long. (laughs) <laughs> but it gave me the gift of hearing my five-year-old try to do a British accent. And for that, I will be forever indebted to Lindsay Lohan because <laughs> it was the funniest shit I've ever heard. I appreciate that. She didn't go the pepperoni. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Christina, before we move on, did you see Parent Trap 4? Because I was also shocked by that. But there's a Parent Trap 4? Yeah, Parent Trap Hawaiian Holiday with those triplets and Barry Bostwick and Haley Mills. <laughs> I do not recall seeing this. And I don't know that I'm... I, you know what? I probably am going to go watch I'm it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it because I, I love them triplets. <laughs> I didn't love Tori, but the actress is wonderful. Sure. Kelly Kapowski stands. Yes! Bring Jesse back! They just swapped him out like it was just interchangeable. Truly interchangeable. We would have Jesse for two episodes and then Tori, and then Jesse, and then Tori, and they wouldn't talk about each other. Like, at least throw in a, I just saw Jesse in the max. That would tie things up a little Jessie's bit. Jesse's got her period again. <laughs> See you next yeah, week. Truly. She had to take a walk. <laughs> like a foreign exchange student, but weekly. <laughs> if this episode makes you laugh or scream, do us a favor and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. A five-star review is the easiest way to grow our audience and this community. So thank you in advance. A little background information and trivia about this movie. This was not only Lindsay's debut. This was Nancy Myers' directorial debut. Huh. I know. Nancy Myers, for those of you who don't know, also directed What Women Want, Something's Gotta Give, The Holiday, and It's Complicated. And it was written by Nancy Myers as well. But it was based on the German book Das Doppelt Lachten, which became the <laughs> 1961 movie starring Haley Mills. And if you're not familiar with Nancy Myers' writing, her writing credits include everything she directed that I already named and also Father of the Bride and Private Benjamin. Lovely. Yeah. For the budget, it wasn't on IMDb, and that is where my research ends. <laughs> but it did make $92 million worldwide. That's decent for a kids yeah. movie, I think. A Wednesday release, certainly. Oh, for, <laughs> for sure, yeah. And it had to have, because this wasn't a big name actress at the time. This was Lindsay's first thing. And she was playing two parts. So, like, they saved money there, I think. Yeah, I can't imagine Dina was negotiating well at the time no, for Lindsay. You know? Not like the Pepsi girl. Michael but. did that contract. <laughs> so much like when watching Orphan Black. I had this moment where I was like, man, they're spending a whole lot of time over here in London without doing any flashbacks over to America. And 
I had to keep reminding myself that it is not two actresses. It is one. So they have the leeway to not have to cut away. And they can do this whole like flushed out mm. scene because it's not taking screen time away from another actress. But it did feel like it, though. Didn't it? It does. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, why aren't they showing the other one? I would like, I know she's going to get a whole block. Like, I know this in my brain. But I'm also like, it's like watching Tatiana Maslany on Orphan Black. Uh-huh. Like, she would do press. And I'm like, why is she the only one here? <laughs> and it's like, no, because she's playing all of them. That's me with Lindsay Lohan for years. Just being like, man, you know, I love those twin sets. Olsen twins, <laughs> Lohan twins. I will never not talk about it any chance I can get. What's the movie with Lindsay Lohan when as an adult? Where she also plays twins and her leg falls off in the shower. I know. Yes, it killed me. Yes, yes, it's that one. Okay, so for the Patreon cuties, you know that Donnie has brought this up in approximately like seven episodes, and it's never made it to the main feed because he always describes it as, you know, that one I tell you about where her leg falls off in the shower. So thank you. Now I can put it in the main feed because we know the title of the movie. No, we just needed Christina to do the research for us. Yeah. We appreciate you. I'm pretty sure Garcelle's in that movie movie with her playing the cop. No, really? You are like a human IMDb. (laughs) Do you know the budget of this movie? Yeah. (laughs) Listen, I don't do numbers. I do everyone's drama. Ooh. (laughs) Is that your housewives tagline? It should be. (laughs) In this Zoom. (laughs) In this Zoom, I'm the only one who came prepared. (laughs) (laughs) Always. Yeah. Get used to it. Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. So your nemesis, Chelsea, Roger Ebert, gave it three out of four stars, saying Lindsay Lohan has command of flawless British and American accents and also uses slightly flawed ones for when the girls are playing each other. What she has all the time is the same kind of sunny charm Haley Mills projected and a sense of mischief that makes us halfway believe in the twins' scheme. He had nice things to say. Yeah, not even a backhanded compliment this week. And he's good with that. Mm -hmm. I like that. And I agree. She could teach Emma Watson a thing or two. (laughs) Leave her alone. Never. (laughs) So other people that auditioned for the movie were Mara Wilson, Scarlett Johansson, Michelle Trachtenberg, and Tina Margarino. They all auditioned for Haley and Annie, did not get it. Jenna Malone was offered the role, but she turned it down three times. Oh. She said absolutely not. Jenna Malone was that girl. She was. Like, she was in her, like, Anna Paquin era. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's like when Charlotte can converted to Judaism on Sex in the City where you have to go and ask and be denied three times. But in this scenario, Lindsay Lohan stepped in. I was wondering how you were tying that in. (laughs) I'm glad you brought us home. Stuck the landing as always. (laughs) I do have a question before we get into our next segment. In casting the roles of the twins, Nancy Myers often was heard saying, I'm looking for a little Diane Keaton. Diane is so alive on screen and that's what I wanted from the actress in these parts. Would you consider Lindsay Lohan a little Diane Keaton? Well, she dressed like her in one of the parts. She could have fit right in with First Wives Club with those blazers. That little Peter Pan collar pink coat. I was like, what is this wardrobe? Can I have it? <laughs> Only had one tagline. So, Christina, we do F, Mary kill. So I'll name the tagline and you say what you would do to it. The tagline is twice the fun, double the trouble. Oh, fuck it. Okay. I'm going to kill it. Mm. 
but right. I'm going to say this. It was also at the same time as It Takes Two. And something tells me in my memory somewhere that It Takes Two was better. <laughs> it was a superior version. I will say in terms of It Takes Two, this movie had a lot more plot. Like I thought we just kept going. here where it takes two like once they're discovered that's the end there was still an hour and a half after they were discovered and i didn't know what was gonna happen i'm sorry i don't mean to disrespect the low-hand vehicle that i love i just (laughs) talking shit is our love language so i love this movie and i am going to trash it i can't (laughs) wait before we get into the trashing what character if any do you identify as I'll begin, and I mean this in the least creepy way possible, but I think I relate most to Martin because I, too, am a gay man that gets along best with little girls. Oh, no. Okay. (laughs) Pride month is over, but in honor of my bisexuality, I am half Chessie, half Meredith Blake, Mm. just depending on the situation and the day. I am Meredith in style and outdoor skill i'm elizabeth in that i'm very scatterbrained but i feel like that's my like she's not scatterbrained like she's actually quite brilliant Mm -hmm. however when she's thrown off of her routine she's like oh but she's also (laughs) clever enough not to go on that camping trip Mm. very smart that was trust her gut just like oprah tells us to do i don't want bugs i don't want to sleep outside oh man i got work (laughs) Deadline. So now my favorite part of the show. Christina, I'm going to give you one minute on the clock. Give us a synopsis. So we open our movie and we see like these shadowy figures. We don't actually see their faces. They're basically stand-ins where we don't know that. We actually don't see their faces because we're waiting to do the big reveal with the photo later in the movie. We're not going to get to them there. (laughs) So what we do is we go and we see these girls and they're getting dropped off at camp and they look just alike. But no one at camp seems to notice (laughs) until the moment that they get into a sparring fight and they're like, and then they're like, and then everybody's like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? What anybody would do. I'm going to bully myself just like my brain does to me on a daily basis. So she goes and she starts to bully herself and then she's bullying herself. And so then they like, oh no, like I did this thing. And one of the girls is going to look like the Wendy's girl. And she's not crossing all over her hair and stuck to the bed. And oh, you're going to get up and you're covered in honey. I'm pretty sure somebody's bangs got cut. So then they're getting their punishment. And while they're getting their punishment, they start to bond. And they're like, oh man, our parents pretended we never existed. Let's switch so we can go meet them instead of being like, yo, what the fuck? Oh, but wait, when old girl goes home to meet her father for the first time father has a girlfriend oh no look at this beautiful independent woman who's got him smiling for the first time in a long time let's sabotage her <laughs> and so she gets on the phone and she calls the sister and then of course one person figures it out over here one person figures it out over here they go and they meet and they bring their parents together and it's like i've got your kid i've got your kid i'm seeing nick come here smoke an angry cigarette in a very angry rage ultimately the mom and the dad get together everybody's happy except meredith chessie gets her dude i mean it's just I don't know. Crazy. <laughs> well done. Where do well we done. go from there? I think we're good. <laughs> yeah. Episode over. Yeah, thanks for your time. See you next week, cuties. <laughs> I'll start anyway. I'll try, but I'm not going to live up to that. So 11 years and nine months after 1986, Hallie Parker, a vineyard-owning Californian, is attending her first day of camp at Camp Walden for girls. She's not alone, as Annie James, a British girl who dresses like a senator's wife, is also attending for the first time. Okay. Let's talk about Annie's wardrobe, because her mother is a fashion 
fashion designer. Why does Annie dress like she is going to a women in business convention? No elementary school child should be wearing blazers for their casual everyday wear. Like, did Stacey and Clinton get to her? Is she trying to take her look from the office to drinks? What is happening? There is literally no reason for this 10-year-old to be dressing like Hillary Clinton. But she also carries her stuff in a little Queen Elizabeth tin. It's like... She's being raised as like a caricature of a person. <laughs> yeah. It's very interesting. Like, was this a school uniform and she just doesn't have a summer wardrobe? Yeah. It's a great wardrobe. Don't get me wrong. If she were a senator's wife, like yeah. my age, but like live your best Victoria Beckham life. <laughs> Before we move on, were either of you summer camp girlies at all? The closest I ever came was like a 4 H camp oh. situation. And it was very short, and it was not like bug juice, <laughs> so I was very disappointed. Yeah. There was bug no Hassan. Juice. It, it doesn't, doesn't come, come in a jar. jar. Wow. Uh, that was my foray into reality TV, bug juice. For a lot of us. Oh, my God. It was so, so good. good. Underrated. Like, if camp was like that, it would have been great. But all I remember was, yes, the cantina did have nerds, which is always a plus for me. So that was fun. There was like one dude who was cute, but he sneered at me. So he doesn't care. I don't do outdoors. So I wasn't really a big fan. They're like, we're going to go ride swan boats. And I'm like, that's cool. But no. (laughs) I am also not a outdoors person, shockingly. But my mother was a lunch lady at a summer camp. So I got to go for a discounted price. So she thought she was doing me a favor, but I hated it. (laughs) But they did have a drama club program that I always got the leads in. So much so that they would say, like, Donnie, what lead do you want? And I would just get to pick. So that was cool. Oh. I love that humble brag. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Now, I was like 13 years old and fat with glasses and an Elvis haircut. I wouldn't do that if I was the director. <laughs> but that was very nice of them. It's called the talent speaks for <laughs> You're right. You're right. I never did a traditional <laughs> camp. I was doing like sports camps, soccer mm. camps, lacrosse camps, all those. But my sister-in-law grew up going to summer camp and Last summer, my brother and my sister-in-law got married at her camp. We stayed in the cabins. So it was like adult summer camp for the weekend. And it was so much fun. And I really felt seen, validated, supported, and loved because they know me so well. I got the camp counselor's cabin. So I Uh, had my own bathroom and electricity. That is incredible. Mm -hmm. It was so much fun. The first day of camp is not the only thing these girls have in common, though. They're both good at fencing. Both are allergic to strawberries. And both are played by Lindsay Lohan. (laughs) And the two find each other as immediate rivals, including... Is this a prank war? Is that what you would call it? Yes. Bullying, hazing. Terrorism adjacent, perhaps. (laughs) I am team Annie with this just because Hallie is a bitch for no reason. Like, she started the war. If she and Kevin McAllister ever teamed up, the world might end. (laughs) Annie's first inclination was like, oh, my God, we look a lot alike. And Hallie's the one who's like, you ugly bitch. You look nothing like me. That was so mean. I do want to talk about the isolation cabin, though. Why does this exist? Surely this is a terrible idea. Like, it's not even like punishment. You have to stay with the older Marva or whatever her name is. You two are truly there by yourself. Marva could come back and find two dead girls. She might. She probably will based on the escalation rate of this prank war. It's a torture method. It's (laughs) a chokey, but with more room and less spice. And how long were they going to be there? Hallie's putting up posters. There obviously wasn't that much time left in camp. Like, they... They had enough time to come together, 
Also, I love they drew up schematics for the house to make sure that, like, the other one knew they were so prepared, but did not account for the dog. No. They had a great plan, but didn't think it all the way through. And they are 11-year-old girls, so I understand. (laughs) But that is why they got caught fairly quickly, which we'll get into later. But I think in my brain, their scheme lasted the whole movie. Like it takes two, whereas like they're truly figured out in the first 45 minutes. I think they make it like two yeah. days. <laughs> Chessie's like, I don't think I so. I feel like Chris. the grandpa was like willing to let it go on longer. With me. <laughs> like, he wasn't going to snitch. He just was like, oh, look, it's an opportunity to get to know you. He was a sweetheart. I would have blackmailed her. <laughs> The girls bond and learn some things about each other. They love Oreos and peanut butter. They shared the same birthday. And their twins separated at birth when the parents got divorced. In what world? In what scenario (sighs) would separating your children and not letting them know about each other make sense? Is there one? No. No. If it's too bad, then you just take rights away from the other parent completely. And if it's not that bad, then why... (laughs) Why are we doing I this? mean, maybe if you are in passions and you go into that fortune teller's hut and she's like, if these twins mm. grow up together, the world will explode and you're doing it for the good of mankind, then maybe it's excusable. But I just can't imagine, like, how do you think that conversation went? You take one, you take one. Yeah, yeah like the mom's like, okay, I'm going to go get matching lockets. <laughs> You rip up that crusty old paper, no therapy needed, clean break, great plan, go team. It's like, there's two of them, so we never have to contact each other because we'll both have the fulfillment of raising a child that's the exact same child. And it's like not accounting for their individual personalities, the Uh abandonment issues that you're putting into this child because it's like, oh, we're never going to talk about your father because he obviously didn't want you. Oh, we're not going to talk about your mother who obviously didn't want you. We're not going to tell you they're dead because that's a bridge too far. But we are going to make you feel like they do not care about you, have never thought about you another day in their life. They really mess these kids up to be like, I understand it's a comedy, but that part is not. No, No, not even taking into account the twin tuition. Like twins have magic powers. Twins can sense each other. And then to not know that you have a sibling, let alone an identical twin. I guess the only silver lining is at least they're both rich, like mega, mega, Mm. mega rich. Imagine one of the twins gets to live in a mansion next to a vineyard she's going to inherit. And one of the twins has to live like. At my house. The Prince and the Pauper. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I'd be so pissed. <laughs> like when I do that switcheroo and I'm like, you have a horse? Uh-huh. <laughs> Multiple horses and wine? You get to drink wine at dinner? You're a yes. Lesbian. I can only take a four minute shower before the water goes cold. <laughs> we boil our water for baths. <laughs> yeah. And everyone uses the same water all day. Yeah. On that line, I know we had to get the parents back together, but this is less stakes than it takes two. Like in it takes two, one of those twins is being put into the foster care system for God's <laughs> sake. And has to put cars together. But they're not related. No, I know. Identical strangers. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Unless they're clones. <laughs> Maybe they are. That's the prequel. Are you cloning children? Like, there's some relation. There's some, like, a, oh, they're clones. <laughs> Getting into sci-fi. Uh-huh. One of them was made in a lab. Kirstie Alley, Star Trek. Oh, yeah. Another IMDb.com. <laughs> okay, let's just get all of the shit talking about what terrible parents mm. and how awful this is out of the way. Because you're right, Christina. Like, yes, it's a comedy. It's a kid's movie. This could be made into, like, a... Black Mirror episode. Yeah. It's so fucked up. And I think the part that 
gets me is, okay, we can say that the mom and dad are just demon people, mm-hmm. right? They're Voldemort. But there are other grown adults who co-signed this plan. Chessie knew. The grandfather knew. Like, this is sick. The grandfather, I think, is our biggest person here. But, like, the other ones are employees. So how much are you going to push back? I might be making an anonymous call to CPS. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe that's how Nick got the vineyard. Maybe because grandpa seems like he's rich. So maybe grandpa was like, I don't want you in my daughter's life. I know you guys have these children. I need you to convince her to let you take one and that you only want to be involved in one's life. I'll write you a giant check. That money is going to go into the vineyard. Like Nick, he had like Leo DiCaprio his like Titanic uh, his way on uh-huh. to the QE2, right? And then he took off and like got that seed investment. That's how he built that whole thing. And so the grandpa was in on this the whole time. Not only that, it was his idea. And that's why he didn't tell the mom when he oh. discovered he was going to kill the grandpa. Oh, my God. This is a Lifetime movie if you do it <laughs> right. Uh-huh. It really Absolutely. is. But let's go with that theory because it's the only way any of it even makes a little bit of sense. Yeah. And the bad parenting doesn't stop with the separating of the children, no. not talking to them, not acknowledging them. Like, the mom sends Annie to camp in America with her butler, 3,000 miles away, and she cannot be bothered to pick her up from the airport. And then the dad, I mean, we'll get into it, but just going to get married and is like, oh, by the way, meet your stepmom two weeks. Did I miss something in terms of why the wedding was in two weeks? And why they got engaged before, like, you ever introduced your child to her and had a conversation, made sure that this person got along with your child? (laughs) But without a dress and without a venue. But then we see Elizabeth James. (laughs) Wait, is that Elizabeth James or am I thinking about the the Olsen twin line? I googled that. I thought it was as well, but I googled it and only stuff about this movie came up. Yeah. I don't know what the Olsen twins line is. Because it's named after their sister and their brother. They have like a luxury line. This is why we're no longer a Mary Kate and Ashley (laughs) podcast. We're like, what's that? Oh no, theirs is called Elizabeth and James. Oh, Elizabeth Ann James and then she's Mm -hmm. Elizabeth James. But we were on the right track minus an ampersand (laughs) yeah i think the reason the wedding was two weeks away is because meredith is an evil woman trying to pull one over our Mm. strong strapping gentleman and you know america hates women (laughs) she's not the villain she was just trying to secure the bag Mm -hmm. i'm not sure but that's Mm -hmm. like oh i could live a life that's comfortable with a man who's obviously obsessed with me and doing really really nice things to me yeah hello okay so be it (laughs) I don't like the stepmonster mm. trope. As a proud stepmother, I wished it to burn in hell. Mm. Enchanted was the only piece of media I had where it was like a heartwarming story. And then you get disenchanted, and now she's <laughs> turning into an evil stepmother because some light clock. And of course, they have this beautiful heartwarming moment at the end. But it's <laughs> fucked up. Like, I'm sick of the portrayal in media. This is really yeah. messed mm-hmm. up. It makes your life hard. I'm not evil. I have great eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the difference. My stepson told me a story. We were making up stories one night when he was like three or four. And he tells me a story. And he's like, and she was a bad witch. And I was like, how did you know she was a bad witch? And he goes, she had bad eyebrows. (laughs) Incredible. You're raising him right. (laughs) (laughs) The twins decide to set a parent trap where they will switch places to get to know the parent they don't know. And after being figured out, the parents will have to reunite and see each other face to face for the first time in 11 years. Many family history lessons, one haircut and two pierced ears later, the girls have successfully switched places. What do you think about this plan? Because I think just returning as yourselves 
to the wrong parent and saying like, hi, it's me, the child you gave up. What the fuck is wrong with you? I think it would have got us to the same finish line. Surprise, bitch. <laughs> Bet you thought you'd seen the last of me. Yeah, we didn't need to be doing these acting exercises for 48 hours. And honestly, that would have probably stopped the wedding as well because I know like Meredith is in it for the money and blah, blah, blah. But like if his long lost abandoned daughter returned home, I'd be like, oh, this man's a sociopath. Yes. I'm going to probably not marry him because... God forbid mm-hmm. he only had one child. We would have gotten real biblical, like split her right down the middle. <laughs> yes. like, the wedding's off. Sorry, honey. That is the weird thing about it. Like they essentially King Solomon is a relationship. <laughs> uh-huh. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the Force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of two hundred dollars or more it's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high quality collectibles or you can gift it to that super geek in your life perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that i've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby yoda and again that i refuse to stop calling it baby yoda plus shopping at sideshow earns you five percent back in sideshow rewards meaning for every one hundred dollars spent you get five dollars back in rewards that can be used on future purchases while geeking out is its own reward your collection goes farther with sideshow so what are you waiting for visit sideshow.com promo code cute one right now and get ready to let your geek side show oh that's clever sideshow like sideshow.com I get it. Ha! 
Sally, as Annie, has a wonderful first day infiltrating London, where she takes in the sights, sniffs her grandfather, <laughs> goes with her mother to a wedding dress photo shoot, and asks her about the F word. Her father. Meanwhile, Annie as Hallie can't stop saying dad, the dog doesn't trust her, and Annie meets the best person in her life, Chessie, queer housekeeper, and the worst, Meredith Blake, publicist, gold digger, and in two weeks, new mother. Now, I know you both said she's not the villain, so let's talk about Meredith. How do I describe Meredith Blake? (laughs) One, she's already accomplished. Like, we're always saying she's a gold digger. She's a publicist that he came to Mm -hmm. and hired. She's obviously high profile enough to attract this high end clientele. So, yes, maybe she's looking for a partner who's equally yoked with her. She obviously has her own. Those clothes she's wearing are cheap. He didn't buy those for her. Y'all been together a couple of weeks. He did not do any of this stuff for her. She made herself. Hats aren't cheap. She has hat boxes. Do you know what kind of bitch has hat boxes? <laughs> she probably has familial money. She probably has a dad who made sure that she was a peak stay-at-home daughter while she had time to work on and develop her career. She gets with this man, and just because she's pretty, people automatically think she's a gold digger, and they dismiss her. She gets bullied by children. <laughs> so justice for Meredith. Justice for Meredith. As someone who is bullied daily by two girls, my own daughters, <laughs> I really felt for her. Like she said, being young and beautiful isn't a crime. And it's such a 90s thing to be like, Hallie's dad is just this poor, innocent millionaire being taken by this blonde succubus. First of all, she was his employee. So let's talk about those power dynamics there. And when Chessie's like, what does she even see in him? I'm like, look around, babe. Meredith knows what she's doing. And it's not like he's ugly. Right. He's exceptionally attractive. They are like equal parts Barbie Mm -hmm. and Ken attractiveness. I mean, yeah, it's like cowboy Ken, but like (laughs) he's still just Ken. It's just such a wild thing that they're so dismissive of all of her accomplishments. I think it's so messed up. It is. Maybe if the dad did a better job of introducing her to his daughter, she wouldn't be put in the position of having to fight for her life in the middle of a lake. And I'm sorry. Yeah, you caught her telling a lie to a priest. She's writing it all down. Maybe she has a photographic (laughs) memory. Maybe she's remembering everything there. I know sometimes I say, yeah, I'm writing it down. I don't have a pen. Does anybody have a pen readily available? No, it's in my notes app. Well, a publicist in the 90s should have a pen readily available. (laughs) She is the pen. But maybe she was hurrying him off the phone because she wanted to talk to her new stepdaughter and was prioritizing family time over work time. We don't know her motives. I do. And I think there is a, I think there's a middle ground between how she's portrayed and however you two are portraying her. And that that's where we need to settle, I think. To think this woman is evil because these kids want their parents to get back together who were obviously terrible and made terrible decisions together. Toxic. Like, you want these two people you're together? Right. Like, no, go to <laughs> you therapy. You are right. 90%. You're right. You're both 90% right. I would say 98.7. I wouldn't. Because <laughs> when, she, when she's with her parents, I do think we see a little true colors there. And I know she's rich already, but I do think she is shooting up. Well, as somebody who, when I spend too much time with my family, I 
immediately revert back to my 16-year-old self, mm. I can extend some grace of how she acted around her family. Right. I just spent the last half of a week in Palm Springs with uh. all of my like, mom, my sister, like everybody. So like I also am like, I turn into kind of a brat. <laughs> yeah. My sister knows my snacks are mine. She knows which snacks I individually got or which drinks I individually got. And she's going to judge me for my Red Bull <laughs> habit. Then after making fun of me, she's going to go buy me one. And then I'm going to be like, oh, but this one is tropical. <laughs> and then I'm a bitch for saying it's tropical instead of regular when everybody knows that I drink regular Red Bull. I okay, guess. but also here's my theory. Her dad <laughs> uh-huh. has a business that also like maybe he's like a wine buyer or distributor. And so he's been trying to acquire Nick's business. His business has been mm. failing. So he did tap his daughter in to go and woo this guy so that they could do like a kind of like marrying of the companies, joining forces situation, like trying to combine the kingdoms. <laughs> it's like her dad setting her up in like House of the Dragon, where that dad was like, right. you're 15, go and talk to this old man king and woo him. His wife just died. And then fine, the grandfather fine. from London flies to America and kills him. You want that man to be a murderer so <laughs> I see bad. how this will continue to go. So just like Nick and parenting, I'm going to stop trying. <laughs> so let's move on. These are children holding on to one hell of a secret. So of course, they're figured out sooner than later when Chessie and Grandfather bust the twin twist clean open. And Operation Parent Trap is in full effect from then on. So while the California crew, including Meredith and her parents, who are the brains behind the evil operation are looking at a swanky hotel as a possible wedding location Hallie, Annie's queer butler of her own and a drunk Elizabeth show up and while the girls work to get the parents to run into each other Nick makes a splash get it? when he falls into the pool before seeing Elizabeth and learning of the swap and for two people who hated each other enough to keep literal twins apart for 11 years they're certainly getting along just fine as they follow the order of these children and share a romantic recreation of the night they met at sea. Two things. <laughs> Number one, why wouldn't your first question upon seeing your ex-wife be like, hey, how's my other child doing? Right. What's the gal I straight up abandoned been up to lately? And number two, these children have way too much independence. Like, how did they have time to plan this romantic rendezvous? Mm-hmm. Once I discovered that my child had secretly gone to a different country across a literal ocean, <laughs> I would be keeping a close eye on her. She would not have time to plan anything because I would just be like inserting a tracking device. Chelsea. Mm-hmm. She has wedding dresses to design. She can't be bothered to pay attention to these fucking children. That's true. Like, listen, I got three of them. And it is very hard to think, let alone, like, she has help. These people have help and they still can't even make effort. That is sad to me. And also, I'm not letting Elizabeth off the hook because Elizabeth made that decision too. So I feel like, yes, we are giving Nick a lot of heat, but Elizabeth deserves some smoke, too. Not all men. Thank you. <laughs> I, listen, I'm no MRA, but I'm just saying. Elizabeth needs some smoke, too. She didn't ask about her yeah, child, right. either. That's fair. What do you think happened? Like, why do you think they broke up? What do you think was so bad that their only choice was to split up the twins so they would never see each other again like maybe grandfather's not the only murderer in the family maybe they killed a man on that yacht maybe they had to do it and threw him overboard (laughs) so when it's time for the girls to return with their respective parents to their own homes the girls do what chelsea and i did when our previous podcast network tried to fire us just say no we're not doing it and because (laughs) 
And because the parents can't tell which child is the only one they've known for 11 years, they're roped into phase two of the plan, a family camping trip. I know that we've compared this to It Takes Two numerous times already, but like at this point, In It Takes Two, you saw scars that the other one clearly wouldn't have. Like, oh, this is from a homeward derby. Oh, this is from a (laughs) softball game, whatever. These girls have to have something like that. That is weird that you spend all this time. Like, obviously, they have certain tics or mannerisms that you would notice are different. Especially because you only know one of them. (laughs) Like, it's not like you see Tia and Tamara every day and you're like, oh, today I need to figure them apart. I could still do that. Same, same, but different. (laughs) Yes, you only know one of these children. You could just take a pair of scissors and be like, Cuppy's gonna get it and see which one screams. Or if you don't want to go so sinister, why not have Sammy the dog sniff Hallie out? (gasps) He clearly is the only one who knows and loves these girls. That is like a simple solution that wouldn't require a camping trip. Why was she at Camp in America though? Like, is this camp significant in some way, shape, or form? Is this the premier like rich people camp? Or was her mom like trying to set this up? (laughs) One of them bitches knew to send them to the exact same camp when one lives in London. You know who I'm blaming? Grandfather. (laughs) Grandfather. Grandfather got that brochure. Grandfather slid that across the table. Grandfather is plotting his next murder. He sent it out to their house. Like he just sent the flyer in the mail to Nick's house that was like, ooh, operation, get back my granddaughter. Like, I don't know why that was Irish. They're always after me. Lucky charms. I had some this week. They were great. Oh, they're adding dragons now. Did you see that? To Lucky Charms? Yeah, disgusting. Leave it as it is. Don't touch me, Lucky Charms. <laughs> Meredith will not sit idly by and watch her millionaire fiance be stolen away from her. So she joins them. And then Elizabeth backs out. Maybe it's just me. I think I would risk my rich fiance leaving me if camping is what I had to do to keep Like, why didn't she just stay and be like, oh, well, I'm going to bond with her because you know what? She's going to be in our lives as (laughs) co-parents. Is she, though? Is she, though? You won't even have the other twin once we get married. (laughs) Did you see their custody thing, too, where it's still like, okay, the kids are going to be split up? Uh I'm sorry. It's just... There's just so much that could be No, done. don't apologize because you're absolutely right. When they were talking about custody and they were like, oh, yeah, this is why it didn't work in the first place. Well, then you just need to sit down with someone else and brainstorm because we're missing a lot of Let's options. Let's get a mediator involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's get a mediator, some counselors. A guardian at Leiden. <laughs> Back to the camping really quick. I would not go. I hate camping. <laughs> I hate nature. <laughs> That's all, period. Yeah, I've talked about the one time that my husband got me to go camping and I almost stepped in human poop on a hike. (laughs) That's the extent of my outdoor activity-related stories. But one time, my grandfather Pepe and my grandmother, who I call Mumum, I don't know if I've ever told her name on the podcast. When they were younger, they went on this like hiking, camping trip in Alaska and Mumum's friend secretly got her period on the trip, which apparently was like a big no-no that she didn't tell the tour guide because on like day three or four, the tour guide was like, okay, we have to have a courageous conversation. There is a bear that is tracking us. Hmm. And it turned out that Mamam's friend was like secretly taking her tampons and hiding them in a Ziploc baggie. And a bear was straight up <laughs> tracking them because of her menstrual blood. No. That is terrifying. I'm from Georgia. You would think I would be about that life. I'm not. The last time someone convinced me to go camping, they told me on that trip that everyone knew there was an alligator that lives like down here. 
here at this thing because it's like out past like Fort Benning, like out, out in like a taller or somewhere. I say this like y'all from Georgia know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> no, like there was this big gator and everybody just knew about it that lived down there. And I was like, I'm never taking this chance again. You will never catch me outside. No. And I like to think that maybe I would like befriend an alligator and he'd be like Lewis and the princess and the frog, <laughs> but he'd probably just eat me. So I just accept that. Yes, because Christina, Tiana was an animal when she met him. She was not a human. If she was a human when she met him, I think she, like Lindsay Lohan and I Know Who Killed Me, would be missing a leg, perhaps. <laughs> No, that is not okay. That is why I do not like going into nature. Are you beach people? <laughs> Are you like going to the water beach people? I love the beach. I respect the ocean. I cannot swim. I love a beach day. I love a beach walk. The orcas can do their thing. I respect that that is your domain. I'm not going down in a submarine. Oh, I would not go down in a submarine. I do get in the ocean, but do I don't like sand, so I prefer a pool. Can't do an ocean. It's vast. The moons or lakes. So if I'm Meredith and those kids push me out onto a lake, I'd be out too. You don't know if I can swim. They don't know if she can swim. What if she rolled off into the water? That's murder. It is. And that's what I thought. We don't know if she can swim. Premeditated murder. Besides pushing her into the center of the lake while she sleeps. These girls also do these things to terrorize her. Put rocks in her bag. Replace her bug repellent with sugar water. Frighten her with stories of mountain lions. Make her swallow lizards. (laughs) This clearly drives this woman to her breaking point. And Nick proves for the first time in an hour and 45 minutes that he's possibly a good father when he chooses them over her. But I mean, (laughs) after all of this, like even if you say this woman's not right for me, she wasn't in the car when they come home either. (laughs) What did they do? I don't know. I didn't ask questions. This man straight up knows you got tortured and it's like, oh, I called them Brett's. Yeah, they were doing brat stuff. At what point are you just not holding your demon children accountable for their actions? And like the bar is on the floor in terms Mm -hmm. of just parenting because, and again, we mustn't let Elizabeth off the hook here. Do (laughs) I want to go camping? No. But she actively chose to not spend time with her daughter that she hasn't seen (gasps) in 11 years. Like I would be doing whatever she wanted to spend time. But she's like, "Mm, no, got to work. Sorry, baby. Love you. Nice to meet you. Glad we got those two days where I thought you were my other daughter. Toodles. I didn't even think of that. (laughs) Yeah, this movie really did wonders for my mom guilt. The next time I'm feeling bad about myself because I like, you know, lost my patience with my daughters, I'm just going to think about this movie and feel a lot better about myself. (laughs) You know what I didn't do, Leaf? I didn't hide family members from you. So maybe you should just eat your vegetables. (laughs) So Nick also proves he's a romantic when he reveals to Elizabeth he owns every bottle ever made of the wine they drank at their wedding. But a brokenhearted woman won't be hurt again or whatever they say. So she heads home with the daughter of her choice. But by the time she gets back to London, another plan has already been set in motion. And Nick and Haley are waiting for her. So they get married again while Chessie and Martin discover they're not gay. They're bisexual and they get engaged as well. The end. end. They were queer coded. I'm just saying that. If anyone thinks I'm just doing a little pun here or there. No, these are two gay people we watch for an hour (laughs) and 45 minutes. And then they get together at the end, which is fine. All relationships matter. But maybe that dynamic works for them. Maybe he's like, 
I don't know. He's just yeah. tired. He wants to get out of his Reba single mom <laughs> the work too hard era and I like have a partner. It's like we already raised these kids. Exactly. Now we're just gonna raise them together. We're probably still gonna do more work than Nick and Elizabeth. Yeah, they could just honey them and just adopt them. <laughs> they should. That would be the real happy ending. So final thoughts. If we were to bring this movie to present day, who would we cast in a reboot or what would we want the plot of a sequel to be? Oh, you know who it would be? It would probably be Vivian Lyra Blair, who's like the lead in all of this stuff. She could has the gravitas to pull that off. She played young Princess Leia and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's one of those people that has like the nuance of performance to like play both characters. But if we're actually thinking about it, oh, you know what would have been good if like they did it in a time where Marseille Martin was able to do it. <gasps> I would have loved a Marseille Martin as Hallie and Annie. Like that would have been yes fantastic it would have been flawless so i mean everything else she did she's still like killing the game and has her own production company but mm-hmm. i don't know who's on disney Channel? i don't know but Lindsay lowen was brand new so we can just pluck- someone from obscurity yeah and then they can go on to create amazing movies like confessions of a teenage drama <laughs> we'll bring you back well now that. that she's back now that lilo is uh-huh. back and making movies i think do a sequel Bring her back to play both roles. It's present day. Hallie and Annie are unpacking their childhood trauma with their therapists. <clears throat> I'd like to see the current family dynamics. Did the parents make it? No, they didn't. <clears throat> and then make it like a psychological thriller, kind of like what? M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit. Mm. We need to like lean into the, oh, what the fuck? I like that. Or do we go with the Parent Trap 3 thing? So now she's trying to date, and she's got like triplet daughters mm-hmm. who are like precocious. <laughs> I would live for that like to see her like playing both of those characters i do agree with you it would be a great psychological thriller but we all know that it is going to go parent trap three and i'd still watch it well i'm not sure why we're skipping two (laughs) parent trap two exists but for christina she's doing parent trap three I said we'll do Parent Trap 2 because I did research this. The sequel to the original, the time in between Parent Trap 1 and Parent Trap 2 was 25 years. And that's how many years this was. So it's perfect. We can do Parent Trap 2. And the plot of Parent Trap 2 is two best friends plot to get their single parents together. One of which would be Lindsay Lohan. And then she just has a twin sister that says like... Hey girl, what you doing? And that <laughs> oh, my British accent is worse than your daughter's. That okay. Next category. At the end, <laughs> I'm going to include the audio of my daughter because I did send Donnie a video of my daughter saying, "Hello, Donnie, it's my British accent," and it did not sound <laughs> that British. No, not at all. She needs to watch Peppa Pig again. <laughs> so, final, final thoughts. What about this movie aged well and what aged like Blockbuster? I think the biggest thing is I think attention spans in 2023 are much shorter. So, this did not have to be two hours and nine minutes. But besides that, I think the parenting skills here, I think the Meredith Blake trope, I think for me, a big one was queer coding Chessie and Martin so heavily during the whole movie and then plopping them together at the end. There's a lot that was blockbuster adjacent for me. But at the same time, I feel like compared to a lot of movies we cover, I still very much enjoyed myself. It was too long, I agree. But like, I still love this movie. I talked so much shit about it. And yes, the basic premise is super fucked up. But if you overlook that, 
Lindsay Lohan's acting holds up. The cast holds up. Happy 25th anniversary because it's truly chef's kiss. I picked those things just to answer the question, but uh-huh. I think yeah. this is still a perfect movie in 2020. I mean, we didn't have Hallie saying the F word, which is more than we can say about my Instagram comments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like most of the movies we cover. True. I think the movie holds up. I don't know. Like I really enjoyed going back and watching this movie last night. And I forgot how much I loved it and how much I remembered all the little bits yeah, of it. The handshake. <laughs> oh, like the handshake is so good. And just like seeing Lindsay Lohan in this like peak fresh face era and like now seeing her like, listen, I've been in the dirt with Lindsay Lohan since this movie, like as a fellow 86 baby, like I've always been cheering for her. The fact that now at this anniversary of this movie, to see her in a good place about to be a parent on her own, like, I think that's so cool. Mm -hmm. And it just brings a lot of depth to the experience of being like, it all worked out. And I hope that it continues to. And she's so talented. I think that's what this movie reminded me of is like, she is so talented. The fact that she did what she did in this movie as a literal child doing accent work, doing characters, doing nuance. Like for me, when I was trying to recast it, it's what made it so hard is like, it's really hard to find a really good child actor, let alone one that's capable of doing what she did in this movie. Yeah, there's adults that can't pull that performance off. Emma Watson. Oh my God, (laughs) leave her alone. Is this bling ring slander? Uh, And perks of being a wallflower. I'm just, once again, Hollywood, I know you listen to this show. Please, just one single sentence that lets Emma Watson have a backstory that she came from the UK. We don't need her doing American accents in the year 2023. Ask, believe, receive. I, I have no problems with that. We accept the love we think we deserve. Sometimes that's how people speak. <laughs> yeah. okay. Some people just enunciate. Yeah, exactly. And that is the end of our time, Christina. Thank you so much. Let everybody know where they can follow you, where they can find you, if they don't already. Hi, my name is Christina Ariel. You can find me on Instagram at Christina Ariel, K-R-Y-S-T-I-N-A-A-R-I-E-L-L-E. I mean, I guess you can find me on Blue Sky. You can find Twitter when it's not on some nonsense. You can find me on TikTok, Christina Ariel Tigner. Oh, you can also catch an all new episode of Star Wars The High Republic show on StarWars.com, which should be out as this is happening. So go ahead and check that out. And other than that, I just say stuff about things and go on adventures and post about it. So that's fun. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you again so Thank much. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is so much fun. And we will talk to you later. Love Love you like like a sister. sister. Bye. Hello, Gani. I'm Princess. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at RealDonnyWood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at OnoChels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash I Am The Cute One. And go to I Am The Cute One.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk, Talk to, to you later. later. Love you like, like a sister. sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.